we spend a lot of time in life trying to buy the right present for someone that we love, don't we? I mean, if you really care about somebody, you really love someone, you're going to spend a lot of time to buy them the right present. At least, guys, you should, just so you know. Don't wait till the last minute, all right? Don't just think that Amazon Prime will be there for you at the last minute. You got to put in a little more effort than that, right? If we really care about someone, now my wife and I, we've been married almost 17 years, and so we've had a lot of Christmases, a lot of birthdays. It's getting harder and harder to buy a meaningful gift because we've kind of done it all at this point. And so you have to kind of work extra hard to, to come up with something you've never bought before. And, and a meaningful gift is not about how much it costs, right? It's about the intention behind it, the thought behind it, the meaning that comes in the gift. And here's the wonderful thing, is that God loves you so much that He has given you a spiritual gift that is, that is just for you, tailored to you, to who you are, your personality, what He wants to see you do in the world. God has given you a spiritual gift. That's, that's what 1 Corinthians is getting at. It says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, right? We're going to see that. We've already, we saw that in the passage we just read. We're going to see that throughout the day. There are lots of different kinds of spiritual gifts, but there's only one Holy Spirit who distributes them all to everyone. There are different kinds of service. In the church, we do different things. Some of us sing, some of us teach, some of us serve in kids' church, some of us make coffee, some of us clean the building. There are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord. We all have the same team leader, the same boss, Jesus Christ. Verse 6, God works in different ways. He works through all of us. He works through all of us in the different ways He's gifted us and the different ways we serve, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So here's what this passage is saying, that there is one, this one God who has given each of us our own spiritual gifts for us to use. And I think that's so remarkable. It's so remarkable that God loves you and me so much, that He cares about us so much that not only does He forgive us of our sins, not only does He give us eternal life, not only does He adopt us into His family and bring us into His church and give us His Holy Spirit, but God says, that's not enough. I want to do more in your life. I love you so much that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this spiritual gift. I'm going to give you these spiritual gifts that I'm going to bless you with so that your life has more meaning, more purpose, more value. Isn't God awesome? Isn't it great to think that God loves me so much that He cares about my life, not just in eternity, but He cares about me in the here and now, and He wants to give me gifts that I can use to bring more meaning, value, and purpose into my life. That's what we have when we have spiritual gifts. Now, how does God work a spiritual gift into our life? What does that look like? Sometimes God takes an ability that we already had before we became a Christian, and He enhances it. So maybe you grew up playing music, you know, you grew up playing the guitar, you grew up singing, and you, you know, went to college, and you're an adult, and you can play guitar, and you can sing, and then you become a Christian, and God takes that gift of music, and He enhances it. And so you're still a musician, you still love music, but now you have a new passion for it, you have a new energy for it, you have a new, new desire to, to not make music about you or just about your own enjoyment, but you want to direct it to the worship of God, you want to disciple people through your musical ability and musical opportunities, and that, that's God taking an ability you already had and enhancing it. That's the type of spiritual gift. Sometimes... God will take a spiritual gift. It'll be something that you never had the ability to do whatsoever until you became a Christian. A friend of mine, Dave, he is a severely introverted person, 
and he works, I mean, I don't say that to be mean, that's what he would call it, say about himself, he's just, he's just very introverted. He's, he works in a machine shop, he's a machinist, works on a lathe, and he loves to be alone all day to do his work. He loves it. Eight hours a day, you know, five days a week, he works all by himself, and he loves it, and he'd be happy if he was the only one in that warehouse. And, not, and he's not a mean guy, he just likes to work all by himself. And yet, when he became a Christian, God gave him the gift of teaching, because God's funny like that sometimes, you know? <laughs> and this guy, Dave, who is very introverted, and he cares about people, but he's just introverted, and he's not charismatic, and he's never going to get up on a stage and talk on a Sunday like this probably, but he is a wonderful Bible teacher. And in a small group, in a small setting, in a home, he, he just has the amazing gift for helping people understand the Bible and apply it to their lives. And that is not a gift that he ever had until he became a Christian. And so that's what God does in our lives. He, he either takes something we already have or he gives us something new, and, and that might be our spiritual gift. But a few things to understand about our spiritual gift. Um, we don't all have, or, or none of us rather, have all the spiritual gifts. Not, not one person has all the spiritual gifts that are out there. It's not, in, in other words, in the church, there's no Superman, Okay. Like, I've never been a big fan of Superman, because I always kind of thought Superman was kind of cheating, because he can do everything, right? What can't Superman do? He can fly, x-ray vision, super strength, like, he can spin the earth backwards in Superman 2 or whatever, like, he can do all kinds of stuff. It's just, like, it's too much. Not enough weakness. I like a more flawed superhero, personally, okay? In, in the church, none of us have all the gifts. There's not somebody who's like, guess what? I'm a great teacher. I'm a great worship leader. I can also at the same time make coffee and be an usher and leading kids church. And I can run the, you know, ministry to the poor. Like, we would be like, well, you don't need any of us. Just be a church by yourself. Nobody has all the gifts, okay? Also, there isn't one gift that all of us share. We're all different in how God, in the gifts and the types of gifts that God puts into us. We, there's not just this one gift that we all have. For example, I would love, I would love to have the spiritual gift of worship music leading. I would love that. But if I got up here and led, led music one Sunday, you would never come back ever again. You'd be like, did Pastor John lose a bet to Scott? Why is he singing? What is going on? And so none of us have a, a one gift. It's up to God, right? That's what, that's what 1 Corinthians is saying. God does, the, he, he does this all. He's the source of them all. He's at work in us. He, as it says at the end of verse 11, He distributes them as He sees fit. That's a God thing. It's totally up to Him. Now, one other thing you should know about your spiritual gifts. Your spiritual gifts are not necessarily a sign of maturity in Christ. Just because you have a spiritual gift or you have spiritual gifts, it does not mean you're a mature follower of Jesus Christ. When I was pretty young, I started to develop the spiritual gift of teaching. When I was at the end of my high school, early college, I was pretty good at a, at a basic level, but I was pretty good at understanding the Bible and explaining it to people. I could do that from when I was really young, but I was also a really immature Christian. I had a pretty obvious spiritual gift. I could teach, explain the Bible, tell stories, but I was pretty immature. I had sin in my life, had issues in my life, had junk in my life that I wasn't dealing with. And so you have to understand that your spiritual gifting does not necessarily mean that you're all good in your relationship with God. God can give us gifts and, and he, can, he can give us abilities 
that far outweigh our character. Or another way to think of it is your competency in ministry, your competency in, in serving in the church can grow a lot faster than your character can grow. So a lot of us can have pretty impressive spiritual gifts, but be pretty immature Christians. And so you need to just watch out for that. Don't think, oh, I'm a, I, have the, I have this gift. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good listener. Everyone comes to me because they know I'm such a, a wise counselor. You can be a wise counselor, but an immature Christian. Be a talented musician, but a really immature Christian. You could be a Bible teacher, but an immature Christian. And so your gift does not necessarily mean you're mature, but understand no matter who you are in Christ, whether you've been a Christian 10 minutes or 75 years, you have a spiritual gift, if not more, probably more than one spiritual gift. You have a superpower. So that's the first thing. The second thing I want you to understand is that this gift, your spiritual gifts, are given to you to pass on to others. What I mean is that God has given you a spiritual gift so that you can help and bless other people. God didn't give you a spiritual gift so you'd walk around saying, wow, everyone, look at me. I'm amazing. You are so lucky to have me, Alpine. That's not the goal. That's not what God wants you to think. Take a look at verse 7. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. So again, every one of you has a spiritual gift. It doesn't say, come to church for five years, then you get your gift. As soon as you're a follower of Jesus, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to you so that you can serve other people. It's not given to you so that you can think better of yourself. It doesn't say... Each of you have a spiritual gift to build up your self-confidence. That's not what it says. It doesn't say each of you have a spiritual gift so that you can think more highly of yourself. It doesn't say everyone has a spiritual gift so you can take a picture of yourself using your gift and put it on Instagram. It's not what it says. It says you've been given a spiritual gift so that you can serve others, so that you can help other people. Your spiritual gift is not about you. It's all about God. If the first point, I wanted to build you up a little bit and show you a spiritual gift, it shows how much God loves you. The second point here is to kind of bring us down a little bit and remind us that it's not about us, that it's about how we can serve other people. You know, a church has all kinds of different needs. We need people to teach, people to lead worship, people to serve in kids' church, people to make coffee, people to clean the building, people to serve, people to do outreach, all kinds of things we need done in the church. And guess who God gifts to accomplish the work of the church? It's you all. It's the people in this room. I believe that God gives a local church all the gifts it needs to accomplish the ministry of the church. We are Alpine Church right here. You know, this, this, Alpine Church is here in the two services before you. We are Alpine Church Logan. We are a, a, a local expression of the worldwide body of Christ, the worldwide church of Christ, okay? So we are a local expression, a, a local community of believers that comes together and we form the church. This building is not the church. You are the church. The people are the church. And we have everything we need to do the ministry of the church right here. And I'm not talking about because the pastors or the leadership, but God has gifted all of you. Every single one of you, God has gifted, and he's, and he's put a mix of gifts in this room. He's put a blend of gifts in this room and in each of us so that we can do all the ministry of the church. We're going to talk about this more next week, but I won't be here next week, so I'm just going to tell you this now. 
you have been given a spiritual gift or spiritual gifts to bless God's church, to help God's church, and a church is only healthy when everyone in the church is using their gift. So if you are not using, if you're not serving using your spiritual gifts, our church is not as healthy as it can be. And we will never be fully healthy as a church until we are all using our spiritual gifts. Because we're a body, we're all connected, but that's next week. But God has given us these spiritual gifts so that we would have no area of lack. We would not lack in any area in the church. But here's the thing, your spiritual gift is not an excuse to get out of serving in other areas. Here's what I mean. You can't say, well, hey, I'm a teacher. I can't clean the building. I'm a teacher. That's my gift. I've been gifted as a teacher. I can't vacuum. That's not my gift. The reality is, if we're all going to be part of this church family, this church body, we're all going to have to serve out of our giftings from time to time, right? We're all going to need to pitch in and help in, in areas that are a little outside of our gift area. You know, we're going to have to sign up, we're going to have to come to the, the building clean day, even if clean day is in our spiritual gift. <laughs> we can all weed, all right? We can all take out the trash. And we can all serve one another, because that's what it's all about. How can we help each other out? And if you have trouble believing that, our example is Jesus Christ. Remember in the book of John, shortly before Jesus was arrested, what does he do? He gathers his disciples together, and he washes their feet. Now, why did he do that? Why did he wash their feet? I don't think it's because Jesus was like the world's greatest foot washer. I don't think people were like, have you had Jesus wash your feet? He's amazing. You should really try that out. No, Jesus was the most talented, the most gifted, the most Holy Spirit-led of all of them, right? He's God himself, and he's fully, totally directed by the Holy Spirit. He had all the gifts that he ever needed to do any of his ministry, but he wanted to say, here is how you serve God's people. Here's how you serve each other. Here's how you serve in the church. And so Jesus, the most gifted, the most talented of them all, washed his disciples' feet. And that's a picture for you and me, that we can't say, oh, well, that's not my gift. I can't, I can't help out. I can't vacuum. I can't clean the building. I can't pitch in when they need an extra person for the Easter egg hunt. <laughs> no, our, our gifting shouldn't prompt us to be prideful or to make it all about us. Instead, our, our gifting should make us ask questions like, how can I use my gift to help other people? How can I use my gift to serve the church? And here's the thing, when you do that, I've got really good news for you. When you use your gift in the right way for the right purpose, you're going to experience a lot of joy. Joy comes through knowing and using your gift. Have you ever had the wrong job? Some of you are like, right now, I have the wrong job, right? You know, that's another sermon. I don't have time to deal with that today. But have you ever had the wrong job? Have you ever been in the wrong career? It's really frustrating. A friend of mine, she was a lawyer. And she went to a really, really top-notch law school, a very expensive law school. And she had a really great job as an attorney. And she worked at a really high-end law firm. And she was making good money. And she was on, a, on track to make a whole lot of money in the future. The only problem was she hated it. She hated her job. She hated what she was doing. She built her whole life around it, but she hated it. She had all the money, she had more money than her parents had ever had and was going to make even beyond that, but she hated it. 
And she realized this is not what she was meant to do with her life. And so she, spent, she took some time, a long time, she took over a year to figure out, okay, what am I supposed to do with my life? And eventually she figured out she was much more better equipped to work in the nonprofit sector, led a nonprofit in the you know, unserved, underserved community, and had a lot more joy. Now, there's not a lot I can do about your job today, but what I can do is I can help point you to using your spiritual gift, because when you use your spiritual gift, you're going to find more joy in your life at church and just in your life in general, because joy comes through knowing and using your gift. That's what the Apostle Paul is is trying to explain here in this, this long list of gifts that he runs through. He's trying to tell people, you know, when you use your gift and you use it in the right way in the church, it leads to so much joy, so much blessing. And so the Apostle Paul, he, he goes in verses 8 through 11, he lists all these different gifts. Now, what you need to understand is he doesn't have an exhaustive list of gifts here, all right? There are many more gifts that he doesn't list because there's other places in the Bible where we read about more spiritual gifts that aren't on this list. And I'm pretty confident that there are more spiritual gifts that are not even listed in the Bible. Because there's a lot of ways that God uses us in ministry in his church. And so don't take this list or any list in the Bible to be, well, this is all the, the gifts that there can possibly be. There's a lot more out there. The reason that Paul writes about these ones, and as you might have noticed, some of them are what we'd call supernatural, you know, kind of miraculous gifts. The reason that the Apostle Paul lists so many of these is because they were probably areas of great confusion for the church in Corinth. If you read the letters, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, you see that this church was, they were, people were at odds with one another, they were fighting with one another, and there was a lot of divisive issues, including how the gifts were used. And so the, the Apostle Paul goes through this list to try to help them understand how these gifts are supposed to be used in the church. And so he says, to the one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. He's talking about two spiritual gifts here, wisdom and knowledge. This refers to bringing spiritual insight when it's needed most. I can't tell you how helpful it is to have people in my life who have the spiritual gift of wisdom. If you don't have people in your life who have the spiritual gift of wisdom, you need to go find them right away (laughs) or pray that you get that gift. Because when you have a difficult issue in your life or in your marriage or in your small group, in your church, when somebody who has the gift of wisdom steps up and opens their mouth, it is such a blessing. It's not that they're a know-it-all who knows everything. They just say something like, well, have you considered this? And it's like, no, we haven't. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> it's, it's like what the, the apostle Peter does in, in Acts 15 at the Jerusalem Council. They, they don't know how to figure out how to move forward. They don't know what to do. And then finally Peter opens his mouth and everyone's like, you're totally right, Peter. Thank you for sharing. That's the gift of wisdom, the gift of special knowledge. Paul talks about faith. He says the same spirit gives great faith to another. Now, what is the gift of faith? We all need faith. In order to become a Christian, you need to have faith in Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection. So that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is in order to see God do great things, it takes a special measure of faith. Faith beyond the typical faith that a Christian has. In order to see God do a great work in Cache Valley, it is going to take a great measure of faith, more faith than any of us can muster up in ourselves. 
And that faith is a spiritual gift from God. So the kind of faith that sees God do great things and believes that God's going to do great things and believes that God is going to grow this church and other Christ-exalting churches and there's going to be revival in, our, in, our, in this valley, that is faith that comes from God. And it's also the kind of faith that still trusts God even when our plans don't go through like we want them to. That's faith. Paul goes on and he says, and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Certainly this is a supernatural sounding gift, right? A supernatural cure for physical problems, physical disease, physical maladies, to having a gift where God uses you through prayer, through whatever means he chooses to bring about a cure in someone's life, the gift of healing. Paul says he gives one person the power to perform miracles. It's an exciting gift, right? <laughs> he probably has in mind the things, the things like the apostles do in the book of Acts. He goes on to talk about prophecy and to another, the ability to prophesy. Prophecy is, um, is a concept that most people don't quite understand in the Bible, but it's pretty simple. Usually when we think of prophecy, we think about somebody getting up and telling you what's going to happen in the future. In the future, God's going to do this. That's prophecy. That is only a little, little part of prophecy. Most of prophecy is somebody empowered by the Holy Spirit, somebody opening up their Bible, reading what God's Word has to say, looking at the people of God and seeing how the people of God, what they're doing, how they're acting, and saying, this is what God's going to do based on how you are living your life. That's prophecy. That's the majority of prophecy in the Bible and the gift of prophecy today. The majority of it is what does God's Word say? How are we living as a church? What is our culture doing? And saying, this is what God's going to do based on what He's already promised in the Bible. That's... that's the majority of the gift of prophecy. And Paul says he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. You know what that's called? That's called discernment. Discernment. Having discernment is a spiritual gift. Oh, how we need more people in the church with discernment. We need discernment in our lives. I need the gift of discernment. The older I get, the more I pray, God, would you give me the gift of discernment to know, is this good for me or not? Is this good for my family or not? Is this decision we're making good or not? Is this decision good for our church or not? We need discernment in order to, to understand that. Paul says, still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Here he's talking about tongues and their interpretation, special messages from God that need to be interpreted from the church. Miraculous things. But don't get distracted by the, the, the apparently more miraculous manifestations of gifts. Notice what he says there in verse 11. He says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So it doesn't matter what your gift is. It doesn't matter what you do and how you do it. What matters is God loved you so much that he's put these gifts inside of you and he wants you to find the joy of using them. Again, don't get distracted by the more miraculous gifts, the seemingly more miraculous gifts. There are plenty of other gifts that are found all throughout the Bible. I just want to highlight a few other spiritual gifts that are not in 1 Corinthians 12 but are found in the Bible that are equally as supernaturally, equally as Holy Spirit empowered. One of them is serving. The Bible lists serving as a spiritual gift. Now, all of us are called to serve, but the spiritual gift of serving is leading and taking care of the needs of the church, especially behind the scenes. 
How many people do that in the Alpine Church? How many people in this room do that? You don't need to raise your hands, because if you have the gift of serving, you probably don't want to raise your hands. <laughs> but there are dozens and dozens of people at Alpine Church who have the spiritual gift of serving, and if you stopped doing your gift, our church would just come to a stop, because we wouldn't be able to move on. We wouldn't be able to go on. Thank you for the gift of serving. Evangelism. Evangelism is also a spiritual gift. Now, it's also something that every Christian is supposed to do, but the spiritual gift of evangelism is the ability to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to do that in all kinds of different opportunities and contexts and ways and to equip other Christians to do the same thing. That's the gift of evangelism. We need people to be leaders out in the world in the gift of evangelism. Another gift is administration. You know that was a spiritual gift? Administration. Helping to keep the work of the church orderly and efficient. We need people with that gift in the church. If we were all like a youth pastor, we'd get nothing done at Alpine Church, okay? I love our youth pastor. I love our, our worship pastor, you know, but they're creative people. They are not organized like what you need. If, it, if, if, if we didn't have people in the youth ministry with a gift of administration, we would never have any permission slips, right? <laughs> We'd get in the bus and be like, where are we going? We don't know. We're just going to go, and we'll figure it out when we get there. We need the people with administration. We need somebody to balance the budget. We need somebody to make sure we pay the bills. That's a spiritual gift, supernatural, Holy Spirit-empowered gift, the gift of administration. Hospitality, opening your home and your lives to the needs of others. Some of you are like, I don't have a spiritual gift. I just invite people over to our house all the time. That's a spiritual gift. <laughs> When you open your doors to people, it's a spiritual gift, especially when you open your doors to people who can't repay you, who can't give back. One day, Jesus is going to say, thank you for feeding me. Thank you for giving me food and drink. And you'll say, when did I ever take care of you, Jesus? And he'll say, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. That's a spiritual gift of hospitality. Mercy, showing compassion on others. Mercy is a spiritual gift. My wife, probably her number one spiritual gift is mercy, showing compassion. It is not my number one spiritual gift. <laughs> That's too bad. Because did you know, in the Bible, do you know what the number one emotion of Jesus that is mentioned in the Bible is, the, is compassion, mercy? It's the number one emotion of Jesus. If you have the spiritual gift of mercy, you are close to the heart of God. Spiritual gift of helping giving aid to those in need. Who doesn't want people in their life who have the spiritual gift of helping? I know I do. <laughs> you might say, I don't have a spiritual gift. I just help people whenever they need it. Yeah, that's a pretty big gift. <laughs> it's a pretty big gift. If you're the kind of person that you see someone needs help, you don't say, well, you know, I got to be somewhere. There's a basketball game starting in an hour. <laughs> I got to go. You're like, if there's a need, I'm here to fill it. I want to help. That's a spiritual gift. All these spiritual gifts. Don't forget, we've already looked at wisdom and discernment, and all these are equally supernatural. They're just as miraculous as speaking in tongues or healing people. And you should be just as thankful when you see them play out in your life. So, those are spiritual gifts. Now, let's, let's kind of bring it to a close here. How do you figure out what your spiritual gift is? How do you know what your spiritual gift is? How do you figure that out? It would be nice if, if God had made like a Facebook quiz for us, you know? And you could be like, first I'm going to figure out which Avenger I am, and then I'm going to figure out what's my spiritual gift. Sadly, it does not work that way. But here are some steps to take. The first is this, pray. Pray. Say, God, show me my spiritual gifts. 
You can even ask God to give you certain ones, and he might. He may not, though. It's his decision. But pray. Say, God, show me my spiritual gifts. Then ask yourself a few questions. What do you enjoy doing? What do you like doing? A lot of people think that God is really mean and mean-spirited, and that whatever you hate doing, he's going to make that your spiritual gift. (laughs) If you're like... I, I don't like to be around children. He's going to make you have a spiritual gift of kids' church. He's not, okay? <laughs> we're not looking for people in kids' church who can't stand children. That's not really, not really what we're going for. But what do you enjoy doing? Because God is often going to use the things that you enjoy, and he's going to build your spiritual gifting around that. Another question to ask is, what do people say you're good at? What do people say you're good at? No one has ever told me I'm good at singing, you know? And I've asked a lot of people, and no one's ever said, you're so good, Scott. Wow, do that more. They're like, keep that to yourself, okay? They're like, you'll have to wait till heaven for that one, okay, buddy? What are you good at? If people say, you're so good with kids, maybe that's a sign. People say, you're so good with junior hires, you really connect with them. That's a spiritual gift. People say, you're so helpful. Whenever I come and I talk to you, I just feel encouraged. Spiritual gift. Someone says, you helped me so much. You helped me so much in my marriage. You helped me so much in trying to figure out where I should go in the future. Thank you. So these are spiritual gifts. Make note of that. And then one more question to ask yourself is, what do you do that blesses other people? What do you do that helps others to serve them? Maybe that's in line with your spiritual gift. And then try it out. Try it out. Pick something. Pick a team. Join a team. Start serving. And if it's not your spiritual gift, find another team. It's okay. But don't, don't be so passive that you just wait to, to get a sign from God. Just start and see what you're good at. See what you enjoy doing. The point of these gifts is to get us to motivated to serve. And there are so many ways to do this at Alpine Church. Now, God didn't give us a survey to take, but we do want to help you out at Alpine Church. So here's what we've done. We've put together a really brief survey for you. A really brief survey. If you're like, I, I really don't know, my, I don't know what my spiritual gift is, and I really want to figure it out, I'd encourage you, you can do this right now. Right now, you can pull out your smartphone, or if you already have it out, like so many of us, if you have your phone already out, just, just go ahead and send a text to the number 97,097000 and text the word gifts to this number, okay? Message and data rates may apply, okay? Let me just say for the record, but... But text gifts to this number, and what you'll get back is you'll get a little prompt, and you click on a, you click on a, um, a link, and it'll send you to a brief, we made this as brief as we possibly could, a brief survey at Alpine Church, from Alpine Church, that you can fill out, and based on your responses, we'll say, here's some recommended areas where you might consider serving. Now, it's important that you text the word gifts and not gift, because if you, if you text gift to this number, a different church is going to send you a survey, and they would love for you to serve at their church, but it's in Washington State. So I don't think that's going to work for most of us. But unless you're visiting from Washington, then by all means, fill it out. But for the rest of us, gifts to this number. And the other thing is, you probably noticed in the lobby on your way in, we have all these tables set up. We have almost all of our serving teams at Alpine Church out there. And if you have any questions, if you have any interest, go and talk to people. If you go and talk to someone, it doesn't mean you're signing up for that team. It just means that you're asking questions. So there's no pressure, no hassle. Go and, and learn more about the teams that we have available and the ways you can serve at Alpine Church. And just to highlight one team, 
We are, we've um, been expanding our safety teams here at Alpine, and safety is a top priority at our church. It's number one priority for our kids, our students, and even for all of us here in, in this room. And so we uh, are expanding our safety team, and we're looking for people with a medical background that can maybe join our, our safety team. So if you're interested in that, uh, you can go and find more information in the lobby uh, or fill out that survey. But, you know, take the opportunity. Here's the thing. If you're a Christian, you're going to serve in heaven. That's what heaven is. It is joyfully and wonderfully serving the living God who saved us from our sins, gave us eternal life. And so when you are in heaven, you're going to be serving, so why not start now? Why not start that life now? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the spiritual gifts that you give everyone in this room. Thank you, Lord, that in Christ we are not left hopeless and purposeless, but we have meaning and that is through your Holy Spirit. And so, God, I pray that every Christian in this room would find the spiritual gifts that you have for them. They use them. They find that joy. God, I pray for everyone in this room who is not yet a follower of Jesus, who is not yet a Christian, that they would see that you bring life and new life today. And that your Holy Spirit wants to invite them into a new kind of life, a new kind of joyous life, where they can have purpose and meaning and value in your name. God, help us as we go on this journey to discover the gifts that you've put inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.